0: Hey everybody, welcome to another week of the Soccer Thread Podcast. I'm Dan Schrader. I'm in Portland, Oregon. Also in Portland, but appropriately distanced. Uh, Ryan Palmer?
1: Yeah. A um, little hungover. I had three beers last night. Heyo. And uh, I'm not feeling very good this morning. Congratulations um, on three beers. That's yeah, a pretty night. pretty bad headache. Um, just really regretting my decision to have that third beer. So, um, but you know, we're gonna we're gonna power through.
0: I switched it up a little bit last night. Had a hard kombucha. Ooh. Really enjoyed it.
2: Okay, but Cliff. Okay.
0: it's a little lighter. It's got a bit of fizz, and you know, sometimes the beer is just a little a uh, little heavier than you're looking for. Yeah, and, and you
1: get your. And you get your guts working on that, too. So good for you. Yeah, you your gut
0: health in check. That's right. That's right. Um, Colin Smith, how do you feel about kombucha?
2: You know, I've never really been uh, into all those drinks that Cliff drinks, the kombucha. Uh, what's the other one? There's another one, the weird one that Cliff drinks, I guess. But uh, yeah, you know, I'm not against them. But I'm just, they're not for me. It's kind of like Mike and exercise, you know? <laughs>
0: I think he's against exercise, though. He's, it's not that it's just not for him. I'm he against exercise
3: against. for me. If other people want to exercise, I mean, you can do that if you want to. I don't know why you'd want to do it. <laughs> and I actually have a similar thought about kombucha. Yeah, that's what I'm if saying. If you want to drink kombucha, kombucha, <laughs> kombucha. If you
2: want to drink, yeah, <laughs> want to drink whatever that off. stuff's
3: called, you do it, but you just keep it, keep it away from me.
0: Away
2: from, it away from me <laughs> I don't free. want to see it <laughs> you're definitely combi- kombucha phobic
1: yeah
3: look as, all, as your long own as, time as don't as do it I don't know that you're drinking kombucha it doesn't affect me
2: don't ask don't tell
3: once i know well, though
1: it's bad
0: my drink my choice you know
1: mike <laughs> mike hates probiotics big big i'm uh, i'm antibiotic
0: yeah, I've always been antibiotic. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Collins in Scott. I mean, that's it. That's all I got. Is that's I've been just it. hating on kombucha all week.
0: Yep, yep. Uh, Mike is in Minneapolis.
3: I, I don't even know why you're bothering to kick it over to me. I've I've run out of content. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's it. Ba ba ba, da, ba, ba. That's Yeah. It.
3: Not, I, I'm, I mean, I'm not on the uh, not hungover, so that's good. But otherwise, I've okay. already done my kombucha rant. Yeah, I'm the content anti- stops at
1: antibiotic.
0: <laughs> We've reached it. Yep. I'm not going to give a weather update, but I will give a Mike's beard update. It's disappointingly been trimmed. Yeah. Okay. Do Do you
3: want to know what's really disappointing? Yes. Is I sent I sent uh, before I trimmed my beard, I sent a photo to my brother. Uh, I was like, Hey, check out this beard. I thought he'd be excited. He sent me a photo of his beard. Uh, it was like, My beard's better than yours. Blah, blah, blah. You know, we had a little fun with it. His beard was better than mine. Then, like a couple days ago, he asked me... This is great content, by the way. uh, He asked me (laughs) how the beard is going. I said, I shaved it. I said, how's your beard going? He said, oh, I never had a beard. I just sent you an old photo.
0: (laughs) Can you believe that? My my own flash of blood
3: just lying in my face. Wow.
0: You got beard played. I mean,
1: given your... uh, your tendency to keep secrets, Mike, I
2: yeah, I kind of feel bad. We've been this over this. There's a
3: difference between keeping secrets and lying to people, all right? And if you can't see that difference, I don't know what to tell you, Ryan. I don't know what <laughs> to <laughs> tell you.
2: Mm. Tell to the cops, Mike. Tell to the cops. <laughs> as,
3: as I learned as I learned in my uh, my seventh grade Spanish class, we read a story called Pecado de Omision, which means Sin of Omission. There's a difference between a sin of omission and a sin of commission, Ryan. And if you don't know that, you need to go back to seventh grade and take some more Spanish, Spanish classes. Class. Spanish <laughs> class. <laughs>
0: uh, Mike, we got some emails this week. Can you take us?
3: <laughs> I will take I will take you, Dan. Uh I will take all of you. Uh the first email is from Christopher Tyler. Let's go, everybody. Let's, Let's go. go. <laughs> everybody hop in the van. <laughs> Uh, he says he has a couple questions for us about stadiums. The first is, what is the best stadium to watch a match in the U.S.? Not necessarily the best stadium, but the best place to watch a game. So atmosphere over architecture. And the second question is, if you could watch a match in any stadium in the world, which stadium would you choose? Uh, let's start with the first one. Let's keep it, keep it domestic. Best stadium to watch a match. We Are can we also talking? say... Are we talking it have soccer a game? You, yeah, it doesn't have okay. to be a place you've been, but you know, if it looks good on TV or whatever, you can you can say you want to go there. Colin, what what do you got?
2: Well, in MLS, I'd say Atlanta. Um, I mean, there's a lot of these that are hypothetical for like okay, if you got whatever some big U.S. game or something like that, but for games that you could actually you know put on your calendar and, and make this happen, um, you know, post pandemic i would say atlanta when they sell out when they sell that out and it's a you know semi-closed roof or closed roof depending on the weather i guess um it's loud uh yeah the field's crap whatever the fields uh synthetic but Yeah. yeah but i mean that's not what we're talking about here we're not talking about architecture we're talking about the experience they have cheap uh concessions there cheap beers that's like part of the deal with Arthur Blank. Is he's like the price uh, at the concession stand is the price out on the street? They're not ma- ripping you off, so you I know, sixty five thousand fans drinking cheap beer, eating Chick fil A, whatever. Uh, you know, Chick fil A but
0: is it's problematic, really but Chick fil as problematic, but it's a so su- it's Home Depot, so yeah,
2: it, it, it's a Southern experience. Arthur Blank, though, good dude on yeah. the on the on that he's with us. His co founder is against us. <laughs>
1: I, I like that. I didn't know that I didn't know that about the uh the
2: concessions. That's huge. Yeah. Uh I guess they started doing it for the Falcons and it was a massive you know people liked it. Weird <laughs> weird. <laughs> Couldn't see that coming. People like uh, the cheap stuff. But yeah, it was apparently that uh they decided it was basically like uh it had gotten to the point where just by selling normal prices they got their like um how much the fans are like uh, there's some kind of score where they ask people questions in a survey. And it's like, how committed are you to the team or how much do you feel part of the team? And like just chopping the concessions prices a little bit only cost them a little money to get that much more fan engagement or caring right. about the team, feeling like they're part of the team, yeah. um, which obviously in the end means they buy more jerseys and shit that cost mm. more or whatever. But yeah,
0: amazing that. When the fans feel like they're not being ripped off, they feel as if they're more part of the club. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, and, yeah.
3: and our bar is so low, just like treat us like human beings, and we love exactly. that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And it, it's actually, it turns out it's all about uh, I read this long article about this. I don't know why, why I got so into this, but it's all about uh, the fact that most places just, um, there's like a third party that comes in and runs all the concession stands, and they do everything, and they they set the prices, and they can't control this. The team can't control it. And when they moved in the new building in Atlanta, they decided to do it this other way and said, well, we'll try it for a year. If it doesn't work running it ourselves, um, we'll sell the rights like everybody else does. Um, but it turns out it was was great.
0: My concern about Atlanta is that it will be, you know, I think it'll be loud, but it's a very like modern and maybe, uh, sterile experience, like a very kind of NFL, uh, mass produced. Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, brand new stadium, right? Um, Obviously, the Homer pick is at Providence Park in Portland. Atmosphere's amazing. Stadium's uh, over a hundred years old. How much are the beers? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> beers Great are question. pretty expensive. I can Great tell question. you. Great
1: um, question. Depends on if it's a weekday game, though. Yeah, we're only uh, having those, uh, three tops $2. anyway. I guess you can afford it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Two dollars $2 domestic. If it's a weekday you're only paying six dollars for your Coors Light.
3: I thought for a second that they had like weekday prices to get people to come to the weekday games.
1: I would highly support that. I don't, they don't have to like. Uh, they don't have to have kind of weird gimmicks to get people to go yeah, to these games, dark. though. So yeah. it's too bad.
0: <laughs> um, it's a, a bit of a lame pick, but I, you know, there's a reason that all of the MLS advertising has pictures of Providence Park in it, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. If you're looking for atmosphere, and I, I do actually, I think architecture is also part of the atmosphere, right? Like, it's cool to go to. I mean, we're old. not talking about like the old White Hart Lane yet or, you know, whatever, but like those kind of experiences or like Craven Cottage, um, that's, that is part of the atmosphere. It's not just just the fans. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I mean, I, I agree with the fact that the Providence park is a Homer pick, but I think that that would be a, a normal, like MLS fan kind of must experience, uh, a game at Providence park kind of thing. Um, I mean,
3: I know that really basic pick kind of just like a basic bitch pick.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, what, like guys th- can't see past no, one, fucking no one's
1: picking. <laughs> no one's thinking. Uh, I want to go to Bridgeview and see a game at Toyota Park, which doesn't exist anymore, or like Soldier <laughs> Field. I mean, I think that Soldier you could Soldier
2: Field could, though. I be like pretty rad. Yeah. yeah,
4: yeah.
1: Soldier Field's a fun one, but it, if it's if it's packed, right? Like the the pick that Colin made is a good pick because you know Atlanta packs that stadium, so there's like seventy thousand fans. Uh, you know, and it feels almost like a like a um, South American or uh, La Liga game where uh, they have you know those seventy thousand, eight, a hundred thousand fan stadiums that are just absolutely packed, right? Like in the Premier League, those stadiums are smaller. Um, sometimes, and that sometimes, right? But like nothing like the size of like camp, the Camp Nou or whatever. Um, so. You know, Providence Park is a great pick. Seattle also, uh, I think, would be similar to, like, in Atlanta because they play in a football stadium, so there's more fans. Yep. Um, but I, the, the Atlanta pick threw me. I really I love this pick. I would love to go Mike, to an Atlanta can, all right, game.
2: So I'm going to twist this question a little bit for Mike since we've kind of been over it for MLS. Mike, if this question is... It doesn't say MLS in the question anywhere. It just says, where, what is the best stadium to watch a match in the U.S.? So... If the that match we're talking about is a U.S. men's national team match, probably against Mexico, but could be yeah, let's say Mexico, it's gonna sell out pretty much. USA Mexico. You get to place the match at any any stadium in the U.S. and get to go and have whatever seat you want in the house. Uh, where are you picking?
3: Okay, I will. I will get to that, but I just can't believe. No one has mentioned Cashman Field in Las Vegas. We all went there.
1: <laughs> incredible
3: atmosphere. They have the guy. They have like the MC on the mic throughout yep. the match. Yep. Announcing throw-ins. I mean, the most just...
1: dangerous throw-in in the game.
3: Yep. Yep.
2: That was a great place to watch a match.
3: That was a great place to watch a match.
2: Um, I, you know, I
3: I am uh, lucky enough to have an incredible wife who bought me tickets to go to a USA Mexico match uh, in the Rose Bowl, and it was fantastic. Uh, you know, it was probably 90%, uh, Mexican supporters, 10% U S supporters, maybe a little bit more either way, but you know, heavily, heavily Mexican crowd. Um, but it was great. I mean, the USA lost, which sucked, uh, but it was one of the best, if not the best, you know, soccer game experiences I've ever had. So be hard to, if it's just like a, a friendly or a game that like the U S doesn't have to win. I might just go back to the Rose Bowl, just have a little nostalgia in it. If it's a game that the U.S. does have to win. So then, I mean, then, you know, we're probably looking at a smaller stadium, Uh, you know, before 2017 or whatever, I think we all probably would have just said Columbus because the USA had won a bunch of games there against Mm -hmm. Mexico in a row. Uh, That streak ended. So I think we can kind of like open up, you know, open up to uh, to any location I'll just toss out like a couple places that I think would be good candidates. Uh, one, Minnesota, right here, beautiful stadium. Uh, we hosted a U.S. game. I guess it was just last summer. Uh, sold out, even though we were playing. I can't remember like Antigua or you know some some really small country. Uh, so that'd be a great location. Cold weather climate, so that would seem to favor the U.S. Um, I'd throw Portland in there as well, like another small stadium that has like a strong you know strong tradition in Portland um, of just supporting soccer. I don't know if they've hosted many U S games there and they've got like the bad, the bad field to worry about. So that's kind of a, a negative. Um, I don't know. Those are the first two that, that come to mind other than Columbus. We could always just run it back and hope for different results.
2: I asked this question cause I wanted to answer it. The correct answer is Lambeau field. Beautiful grass. <laughs> mm gonna sell out it's gonna be It's there's not a lot of diversity up in northern wisconsin you know you're gonna get as many u.s fans as you can in there that'd be a great place
3: i'm i'm worried i'm worried about the the kind of people who might be going to that game
2: <laughs> <laughs> there Versus will be a lot Columbus. of that kind of people at that game i'll concede yeah. that
3: yeah <laughs> any anybody want to give a shout out for a, a stadium around the world that they'd want to see a game at
0: i I mean, yeah, there are definitely matches that I'd love to go to, you know? The uh like Rangers versus Celtic, but I'm not particularly drawn to the Ebrox or uh whatever the Celtic other. Celtic Park. Is. Celtic Park. Um, but like purely for stadiums, I think like even if it was preseason match, half full, like if I just want to go and kind of experience the stadium, um, Azteca, Bombonera, um, I think the camp now, even if it's half empty, I would still just go and like soak mm. it up. Yep, um, We're in a even Cottage, I think, falls on that list for me. I don't that's know if it's like really a, a top stadium in the world, but it holds a special place for Americans. I think. Yeah, uh, and it's cool, cool architecture. See. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, exactly. Historical. Um, but a lot of stadiums are, you know, like the White Hart Lane, um, uh, West Ham's old stadium. The olympic stadium oh uh Berlin, the Berlin, Berlin. Yeah, yeah, the Berlin yeah. ground Yeah, yeah 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 um mm-hmm. you know a lot of the places that i'd love to just just go and like soak up an afternoon they're starting to go away because they're not modern you
2: know? yes yes I was, I was just gonna say i my mike was talking about his lovely wife my lovely wife for my birthday one year took me said i'll go to england with you and do whatever you want for a long weekend and we went to three games and it, yeah, it was weird. Um, we went to three games in three days, and we went to, and Colin Chinchilla. chose to go to three soccer games. Yeah, that's what I chose. Hey, pfft, this kind of guy I am, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, we went to three games in three days, all at stadiums that are old, that were built before 1900. So the old White Hart Lane doesn't exist anymore. Good- Goodison Park won't exist in five years or ten years or something like that, and um, Hillsborough, where Sheffield Wednesday play and that's yeah. exactly everyone was like yeah it would be nice to see a soccer game here but it's all about the atmosphere and the architecture and, and how cool is this old place and and how different is this from the American experience
0: um, Dortmund Stadium on there for me too yeah, yeah. Westphal
2: Stadium that's one I've not been to and I would love to the other the one in Spain that I'd love to go to is Estadio Municipal de Ipuria, Ipurua which is where Ibar play Up in the mountains, 8,000-person stadium. Go there for a La Liga game, 8,000 people. That's going to be pretty cool. Um, And and definitely, like, I'm going for it because it's, like, a very different experience, right? Like, it's – I've had these – like, I'd love to go to every stadium that exists that was built before 1900. But now I've done a bunch of those, and those are great. But this is, like, way different. Up in the mountains, 8,000 people, first-team football that's cool. I've never done anything like yeah. that. Like yeah. that.
0: that stadium in Portugal that's built
2: into the cliff. Yeah, oh, that yeah, one the, too. The Braga Stadium. Braga Stadium. Yeah. That would definitely want to do that one. So yeah.
3: Nice. Yeah, I remember we had a conversation about this, I don't know, a while back. And uh, you know, I just I did a lot of Googling and there was some stadium in Croatia that was built into an old rock quarry that had like a a view of the Adriatic Sea, and I thought, man, that would just be a great place to just sip a beer. There's a game going uh, on below. Yeah. You know, it doesn't really matter what's going on in the game. You can kind of look at the game. You can kind of look at the, the ocean.
2: God, so just, yeah, sign me up. Give me season tickets. Yep. Redcation.
1: Yep. I'm there. Redcation 2024 when we're all able to leave our <laughs> <Yeah>. house. <laughs> Croatia.
3: Um, Colin, do you want to talk about your, your audio doppelganger here?
2: Oh, yeah, okay. So, I mean, he, this, Chris <laughs> Tyler, who's this person? Christopher Tyler? Yeah, yeah, yeah um, Chris. He writes... P.S. It has bugged me for a while. Take me many episodes, but I finally worked out who Colin sounds like, at least to an Englishman, Matt Jones, aka the guy who plays Z. Schrute in the U.S. Office and Badger in Breaking Bad. I have no idea who that was, Matt Jones. So I Googled him, and he kind of has a uh, raspy voice, which I don't yeah. feel like I have, but yeah. um, you know, whatever. So um, yeah, <laughs>
1: it's, that bed- it's that bedroom voice, Colin.
2: <laughs> but I so I Google him, and the YouTube video comes. I Google, I think Matt. Jones voice. And so it comes up with a YouTube video that where he's explaining how his voice got this way. And he's like, oh, I used to have a perfect voice or whatever. But then I was in this comedy troupe where we were doing live shows and I had we would be playing in front of a bunch of drunk people and I had to yell at them every night. And I would <laughs> yell for two hours. And then my voice just like got this way by the end. And I've been to like uh, whatever speech therapists or like ear, nose and throat people and they can't fix me. And I thought, oh, this is kind of funny that this guy, uh, his his voice is this way from yelling. Um, personally, I, I, that is where I relate to this guy. Keevan, great friend of the pod, uh, will tell you that my father is the dad who was uh, on the sideline of every soccer game and be the one person you can hear all game. Like, you know, not <laughs> a soccer guy, but just like shouting stuff yep. at you, you know, yep. whatever. Hustle. Yeah, exactly exactly Energize. That. just the uh, get back or whatever you know that's my dad and then i'm a yeller for sure um a certain ex-girlfriend of mine who you are all familiar with uh made that one of the reasons you know when she made clear that we were we were finished she said that this is another thing you could work on you could be, <laughs> yell less it's not a good thing we did thing a lot of move. can we, get, we can did we get a lot of yelling at some point yeah, so we, did,
1: we we did a lot of yelling in our house.
3: Yeah, that's true. I, uh, it's I'm very
2: pro yelling. I was like, look, yeah. that's just me. I'm not going to change that. That's Jovial keep yelling. It, keep it moving. Yeah. So, uh keep it moving. And then my son now apparently goes to a music class, a social distance music class outside, and I've never been with him, but I know some of the other parents who are there and they say your son just all the other kids, like, lightly sing this. They're like, all two years old. They all, like, lightly sing the songs to themselves. And your kid just stands up and yells them all at the yeah, top nice. of his lungs. Love and I said, like, look, this comes from a long line of yellers. It comes from a long <laughs> line a of those. Yeah, I, mean, I wish we could really monetize this skill the way this Matt L. Jones guy has done it. But uh, <laughs> that's just who we are.
3: I, I just learned last night that one of the differences between an opera and a musical is that in operas, there's no um, there's no microphones. There's no magnification of people's voices. It's all oh. just natural. So maybe maybe your kid is you know, en route with this singing and nice. projecting. Maybe he's going to be a future opera singer.
2: When they make the wheels on the bus opera, sign him up. <laughs> sign him up.
3: Love it. Love it. All right. Next email, uh, Scott Angove. So he has got a wild take here. I'll just read it out. The best weather for soccer is Midwestern Summer Soccer Tournament. 92 degrees with 100% humidity. Game pauses halfway through the second half for a thunderstorm. Temperature oh. drops 15 to 20 degrees. Everyone is refreshed and the remainder of the game is crazy competitive and people are pulling extreme slide tackles on the drenched field. No. I mean, I appreciate that this take. is nostalgic, but this is just such a bad take. Such
2: a bad take. I, I would say that it, it. It, the nostalgic part of me for this was like those games when you were like 8 or 10 in the Midwest. And there had been a crazy thunderstorm, probably the night before. And, oh
0: yeah, uh, and it was just sloppy.
2: And it was super sloppy. And it was just like a different game. Yep. You, you were still going to go play soccer, like, but it was just like somebody who was not good could be good in this environment, and someone who was good could be useless yep. because the the mud was up to your ankles. And the uh, guy it was that just great. the
0: guy that everyone knew was playing football in high school yeah. was really good in this game. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: those those are the. This uh, particular instance is the best for post-practice uh, slip and slides. That's, that's what I picture with this. Not <laughs> yeah. a game, but post-practice, uh, just belly flops in, um, in puddles, and then you have to get in your mom's van, and she is not happy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on to Scott's
3: real question. He says he got the end of the England-Belgium game, and Belgium scored off a low shot with a deflection down away to the near post. He wants to know from our keepers, which is everyone but me, uh what type of deflection is the hardest to handle?
0: I think I all mean, of them are are rough. Yeah, <laughs> the real key is to be able to read the shot and the, react to it.
2: The closer it is to you is the worse, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like if yeah, it's far enough right. away, you have more time to react.
1: Oh, there's the, the like my... the deflection.
2: Yeah. From the deflection. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with that. I mean, I think that the deflection that where the, uh, it completely changes direction. Right. Mm-hmm. So like if you've committed to a save to the left and you're yeah, like you moving to your left and it deflects and you're just, you just sit sit uh, the way. Down. Yeah. And it's just like, there's, there's no way you've yeah. committed. Uh, those are obviously the hardest ones to stop because they're rarely stopped cuz you're going right, to give you a counterpoint,
2: counterpoint to the one of the worst moments in my goalkeeping career. Uh, we're playing in a t- tournament, it's a meaningless tournament in high school. Uh, our keeper gets a yellow card uh, which in our I don't know if this is still the case but in our high school league or this tournament meant you had to go off the field, you had to be subbed off and come back on. So mm-hmm. I I think I'm a sophomore. And I just ride the bench and I'm like, oh shit, I got to put my gloves on. I got to get out there. Uh There's a, I'm out there for 30 seconds and there's a free kick, 35 yards away from goal. Uh, They loop it in and it's a ball that I'm going to, I'm short. I'm probably five foot two. I'm going to have to jump to catch this ball. And I go to jump and my dear friend, Spencer Dixon is playing sweeper and the ball just grazes off the top of his head. He goes to head it and it just, just goes off the top of his head a little bit and loops up a little bit so now i'm coming down it just puts me off enough that i'm coming down as the ball's going over my head and i just flap at it so harmlessly and it just falls right over me and it from everyone else's view it just looks like a 35 yard ball that i just you couldn't just totally jump high that. enough for Yep. yep right yep. and then i go off the field that's it 30 seconds for me give up the one goal and that's my day
0: good return that's good that's, i mean rough the looping rough. deflection is bad there's one of these yeah. in the orlando city game uh, oh that Nani makes a great sport. save on yeah yeah he yeah. makes a good save but like it can just catch you so wrong footed and if it's looping it just is like it it's almost like a slow roller because it just takes so long yeah and there's just nothing you can do <laughs>
2: yeah oh it's very painful yeah whatever you, i shouldn't have been five foot two what can i say
3: yeah, yeah that's that, that's on you
2: yeah Got no catch zoned. <laughs> uh
3: good stuff. Soccerthread at gmail.com. You know, with uh with the holidays coming up, we're gonna be uh we're gonna be needing content because we always need content. Get Palmer's laughing at emails. me right now because I just started that sentence with no idea where I was going. <laughs> <laughs>
0: There are a bunch of games over the holidays. What you yeah, know? yeah. You
3: know, it's it's hard out here. Podcasting is really <laughs> tough stuff, guys.
0: <laughs> uh, soccerthread at gmail dot com. We did have soccer this week too, not just emails. Uh, U.S. men's national team played on Monday or Tuesday. Uh, six to two win over Panama. Quite a scoreline. This is what Colin asked for last week: a win, yep. a big win, a win with some swagger. Lots of goals. Um, let's start with the lineup. Um, fairly consistent. Uh, the big thing f- to me in the lineup was that we stayed with Weston McKinney, Tyler Adams, and uh, Musa in the middle in that midfield three. Um, so a little bit of consistency, I think, gives a little bit of glimpse at, at what Greg is thinking about in terms of at least the core of this team. Um, and then the other, the switch that he made was uh legit off as a false nine and uh the real striker on uh nico Nico. started up top right Uh, and the reason we're calling him nico is because his last name is giacchini yeah it's too tough for us easier to say um mike what do you think about the lineup do you like this was there anything else about the lineup that you thought was noteworthy
3: um did we mention that uh reggie cannon started Nope. Did Cannon not. started at right back. Des moved over to left back. Anthony Robinson took a seat on the bench. Uh but yeah, I mean I thought it was I was happy with the lineup. Uh I like the consistency that Dan mentioned. Um I don't know. I mean, I just my, my general thought on all these games is like this is this is basically a preseason game, right? The the guys haven't got together in a long time. This game doesn't mean anything. There aren't really any meaningful games coming up for a few months. So it's all kind of it's all kind of gravy. You can take with it what you want. Uh, don't get too excited. Don't get too flustered if something bad happens. It's all, it's preseason, baby. It doesn't matter.
1: Uh, but Mike, I think that you texted us uh, during this game that uh, Matt Miazga is dead to you. So uh, can you, that's hard to, um, <laughs> it's hard to wrap my head around your current uh, lukewarm take with in the hot warm take of le- Miazga's dead.
3: This. Let's align yeah. This. I mean, Matt Miazga is dead to me, but he could very well come alive in the next couple months. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Zombie Easter's Matt Miazga, that's, all, that's like, his new name.
3: I, I don't necessarily want to see him start the next game, but I don't know. If he becomes a world beater for anderlecht in the next few months and is still our best option, then I guess so be it. I I don't know. I didn't think he was very good. He was definitely at fault for one goal, maybe two goals here. Uh, but, at, you know, at the same time, preseason, everybody, you know, he's he's partnered with, you know, a second center back. Uh, so there's not consistency in the center backs. There's not consistency in the back line. So, you know, take everything with a grain of salt. But yeah, he's dead to me.
0: <laughs> grain yeah. of salt, but... Um, the 6-2 score, I think... Was a little bit flattering, uh, in that uh, Panama was actually up one goal nil early on. Uh, as Mike mentioned, a, a poor uh, defensive showing from Miauska. and then in the second half, in the 80th minute, we we then went up three to one. Yeah, uh, they got to go back. I mean, in yeah. the 80th minute, this still looked like maybe it was a game, at least on the score sheet. Panama didn't actually look like they were still playing, but somehow, like score wise, yeah. they were still in it. So. I don't know, Palmer. Do you? Are you as happy with the six-two as the actual scoreline would suggest, or is there other? You know, I don't know.
1: I so I think I'm happy with I'm happy with a few things like the consistency of the alignment is great, um, which we already talked about. Um, the fact that uh, you know we went down one-zero early, um, and there was like a four-minute stretch where we scored all three of our goals, and it was like flip a switch, uh, which I think is good in terms of confidence. right? Like you don't want to be a slow starting team, but uh, the ability that this team has to just kind of be like, okay, uh, we need to kind of flip the switch and and start scoring goals uh, is exciting for me. And then also, like at halftime, there were a lot of changes made. So it was three one at half. there are a lot of changes made, a lot of changes happened throughout the second half. Um, and so, you know, this is like, like Mike is saying, like the rest of this is all kind of, uh, you know, gravy. We got, we got kids that, um, you know, got to see some time on the, on the pitch that didn't get to see time last time or last game. Um, we got, uh, I can't remember who scored. Soto had two goals um, late Um So I'm not going to read too much into the fact that it was 3-2 in the 80th minute. I'm also not going to read too much into the fact that it was 6-2 at the end of the game. But I think generally speaking, like the swagger, the talent, the kind of, you can almost see that the team is coming together really well. Like it looks like they enjoy being around each other. They enjoy playing with each other. Um, That's encouraging.
0: So. Colin, who are you most excited like very young lineup? We talked about that last week, very young roster. Um guy li- guys like Musa obviously, Nico Jukini, Uli Yanez, uh, Ledesma, Richards, Soto, Wea. Um it's very possible I'm missing some, but who out of that kind of young group, the little trout, which little trout are you most excited about here?
2: I mean, I think Musa has the best uh, resume or, or like his skill set is really good. Like he's he's a versatile player. He's playing on the wing for uh, Valencia, but clearly for us he can play box to box and wants to play that way. And look, if we get him, that would be huge. Like it, it, he, I mean, I don't know, he's a little trout, so he might not work out, but that'd be really exciting. I'm the most excited about him, but we knew that last week. That's not new. Like I think we knew that from his club performances. The player who I'm actually excited about now after being through these last two games and especially the Panama game is Soto. Um I think um Nico can also play as a number 9, but I think that that we need number 9s. We you know, Josh Sargent is our only at all youthful decent number 9, right? Um so to have depth in that position is important. I think I thought a year ago or Two years ago, that Tim Weah would be the guy from this class who was going to play in that role. It doesn't seem like that anymore. It seems like he's more of a winger, and you know, he, right now he's not really doing anything. Um, he's got to get he's healthy and off stuff a really like that. Bad injury, right? Yeah. He, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm not saying he's he's not dead to me. Look, he's not dead, to me. <laughs> but the he, he's not support, exciting though. me either. Uh, the guy yeah. who's exciting me is Soto, and and Nico too, right? But I think that's where the there's any from the little trouts where where there's. Uh, ability to get me excited,
0: Mike. Same, different. Um, You're I are mean, you na- youth national team uh, tracking yeah, expert? <laughs> so this really is a question for you. I'm, I'm, I'm honored.
2: Did I get it right? Is like my question, right? I, I think that was
3: that was pretty good. I mean, I, you know, I think like of of our young guys who were there today or who were there this week, like, you know, I, I think a, a lot of the the guys who we're excited about have a, a high chance of, like, not being U.S. men's national team players in the future. Oh, for sure. And so, like, there's also a domestic camp coming up. There's a bunch of guys who are going to be in that uh, who I'm excited about. There's a striker for Orlando who's also 20 whose name is Daryl D.K.
2: And he is like a house.
3: He is. Yeah, he's like big, strong, very skillful. Uh, first professional year, I think he had like eight goals this year. So I'm really excited to see him. Um, I'm sure there's there's tons of other guys, but yeah, I think what's what's exciting about this camp is also that everybody played except for the two backup keepers. So you gave all of these guys a chance, even if for some of them it was just a 10 or 15 minute run out. At least you know they got their first cap. I think we gave nine first caps out this camp, which is which is great to see. And again, like why not do that in early preseason when there's nothing meaningful coming up? So. I'm hoping that we can continue doing that. I feel like a big part of our the thing that, you know, we've harped on for a long time is just like not bringing in young guys, not giving young guys chances. And we kind of talked last week about how it seems like at least with this camp, that's changing. And and I just hope we see that again with the domestic camp that comes up in December or January that like, you know, we don't need to bring in Michael Bradley again. We don't need to bring in Omar Gonzalez, et cetera, et cetera. Like let's bring in a bunch of 18 to 23-year-olds and let's just see how they do.
0: Um, Palmer, the flip side, is there a bunch of young guys? Uh so anyone that kind of disappointed for you? Um, not that any 18 to 20-year-olds shouldn't get another look, but like you could just let them go play pro for a few years and call them, you know, who, if anyone, should we say, you know what, uh, go work on it. We'll be in touch.
1: Um, I don't... I mean, I didn't watch the game close enough, really. I mean, I thought that, uh, you know, Gio Reyna had. um, He had like uh, their first goal, I think uh, that was like a weird free kick. I thought he was okay. Um, I think he still has some room to grow. Um, So I'm I'm not saying, like, let's count him out like he's done. I'm just saying, like, he's young and he still needs more time at at this level. Um, so I oh gosh, who was the kid that missed kind of that sinner? I think or sitter. He was the uh, I think Conrad, it was Conrad right? Yeah. yeah. So like that's that's got to be he's young as well, but that's that's got to be a goal that you finish uh, in that Wales game. Um, but I think generally, I the future is bright. Like I, I'm really enjoying these young kids, and I'm really I think that the the fact that they're kind of molding together and and you see Weston McKinney kind of stepping in and playing more of a of a leadership role and um you know I think it's it's something to be excited for so
2: Spurs I can't wait are to top be of the league Palmer's loving the US shut up, national shut team Shut up. Shut up. What is the up. weather like inside Palmer's house right now? Is it still <laughs> raining on him?
1: It's it's drizzling. It's just He's- not pouring like
0: it
3: was a couple weeks ago. Is, he, is the rocket tomorrow's going to be able to make it through that drizzle?
0: <laughs> the thing is, Palmer doesn't have those uh, seasonal affective disorder lights. He is currently one of those seasonal affective disorder lights. <laughs> it's like you just be around him, you feel like you're in daylight. Oh, it's amazing. That's
2: great. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um. All right. That's great. I I think that's really. I mean. It's exciting times for the U.S. men's national team. I think it'll be really interesting to see the next couple of camps because at this point, you know, short memory, but, like, it's hard for me to look at this lo- roster, this lineup, and really be like, oh, yeah. I mean, we talked about it last week, I guess, but, like, there aren't that many spots where there are clearly other people that I want to bring in and, like, fill out the team if we actually had to win a game tomorrow. But some of that might just be – uh you know, that you forget that such and such is an MLS and is like a, a good pro, right? Like you're, I don't know, Christian Roldan, like could be part of this team, but you just don't like, he's not the top of your head, whatever. Can I so I, can think the I next ask? Couple of, go ahead, sorry. Well, just the next couple of camps will be interesting because it'll be, it'll allow us to kind of see where Greg's head is in terms of how these young guys in Europe balance against the maybe older guys or, you know, MLS veterans. The Jordan Morris's. Yep. yeah exactly yeah so it'll it'll be interesting
1: can i ask mike mentioned that like some of these players will probably not be u.s men's national team players at the at the end of the day uh one who do you envision mike not being a u.s men's national team player and two uh is what is is that like players like musa where you think that they're not gonna play for our country um like, who do you see going? Who do you see staying? Yeah.
3: I mean, I think they're, like, Moose is obviously the, the biggest kind of dual national possibility of of someone who would be good enough but wouldn't want to play for the U.S. because he could play for England or Ghana. I don't know. I just think of, like, a guy like Soto, who, uh, you know, in his, his club career, like, he wasn't able to play at all for a two Bundesliga team. And I think part of that was just, like, um, you know, issues with the manager and whatnot. And now he's like doing well in the Dutch second division. But that doesn't, you know, doesn't That's necessarily translate to like, oh, he's going to be a starter or a contributor for the U.S. men's national team. So, I mean, because all these guys are young, we just don't know a lot about them. And like we've seen flashes. I don't think there's any one player who I'm like, oh, this guy doesn't look like he's good enough. Like they could all even Matt Miazga could be good enough. Um,
4: <laughs> yeah, but I agree it's just
3: that. That There's so many young guys and there's also so many young guys coming through. Like, we're going to see probably, you know, a camp in a month that has 25 other players who are, you know, super young as well, who all could be future UN's, U.S. men's national team players.
2: Yeah, I agree. And, like, both actually, both the guys I mentioned, Soto and Nico, the two strikers, both play in second tiers of Europe right now. Like, the, those guys are not uh, anywhere near the level of uh, Gio Reyna, who is playing you know, at a good club in a first tier, you know, division. So, um, they got a long way to go.
0: While we're talking about dual nationals and trout and, uh, you know, kids born on vacation in the United States, <laughs> uh, it c- came to my attention this week that Cristiano Ronaldo Jr. was born in San Diego. Hmm. Ah, interesting. So, uh, to the 10 year old, put him on your radar. Interesting. <laughs> so, cap him, cap him now. Bring him into the next camp. <laughs> Come on, Greg. That's right. That's right. All right. Anything else on men's national team then, guys? Let's stay domestic, uh, or you know, United States centric. MLS is uh kicked off their playoffs this weekend. Uh the Columbus crew over New York Red Bull. Anybody have anything to say there?
2: Uh Jossi Zardes with the nicest goal of that game.
3: Yeah. Okay. Well, another another young uh American, Caden Clark, 17 he scored the Red Bulls goal. only goal and he got signed like three months ago. And I feel like he's got like five goals in eight games or something. So hopefully he gets called into the next camp.
2: Also would like uh, to note that that game ended three, two, not three, one
3: numbers baby. Yikes. <laughs> uh,
0: New England over uh, the Montreal impact two to one Colin hometown team through.
2: Yeah. That was a 95th minute winner. Um for Gustavo Bo or Bo. I don't know how you usually say that last name, but nice goal there. Um which also the impact keeper had a huge stop in like the 92nd minute. Um so definitely a, a dramatic game, you know, good game, not great teams. Uh the Revs play the onions next, and I think uh the union will be looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, the New England impact was the knockout game to get in right yeah. to the actual bracket yeah, yeah. so two two not great teams there yeah. um good game nashville man. and inter miami nashville three no win uh for the this is our first year still right yeah um mm-hmm. so shout out nashville with a a playoff win first year inter uh also the first year a little disappointing
1: Mike. yeah I, I would say very
3: disappointing yeah i mean they made like they made some big signings in the summer with uh Matuidi and uh, Iguain. I think Iguain was out for this game due to COVID. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, both of these teams are expansions. And if you'd said who's going to have the better year, Nashville or Inter Miami, I think most of us would have thought Inter Miami. Just,
1: mm-hmm.
3: I mean, for me, it's strictly because of the the star power behind it, and you know, bigger bigger city, I mean, yeah. more money. Uh, but yeah, shout out to Nashville for being, I guess, a fairly competent competent team. I'm slightly less mad. One of the DC United games I watched this year was them playing Nashville where they just got played off the park. So now I'm slightly less mad. <laughs> uh,
0: the real game so far of interest is the Orlando-New York City FC game, which uh, went to penalties. And who can give the, the rundown here? This is just too good.
2: I'll, I'll give it, yeah. I didn't see any of this. Shout yeah. out
3: to Keevan for bringing this to our attention. Yeah, yeah we missed, this yeah. Right? sure.
2: I, I watched the highlights of this after Keevan uh, texted it. It was a much-watch. I watched the, like, whatever, <laughs> longest-form highlights I could. Um, uh, the Orlando keeper, by the way, who's going to figure prominently in this rundown, was phenomenal in the in the 120 minutes. Yeah, uh yeah. He was great. And, yeah, so obviously, like I said, it goes to 120 minutes. It goes to pens. um Orlando was already playing a man down. Um, I can't remember how they got someone sent off. I think just a second yellow.
0: The guy kicked out. No, Oh yeah, a wreck, the guy kicked a, out. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. He was kind of like baited into it, very tackled. much baited into yeah, it. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. The uh NYC player like sh- clearly shoves him while he's down, uh, and he yeah. kicks out at him yeah. and it's like, yeah, that's always red. It.
2: Can't do that. Yeah. Yep. Um and so yeah, they go to penalties. Uh NYC FC misses one. Uh and then there's a bunch of makes. Uh Orlando misses and uh so then they need if they get if they get a save they orlando wins and the guy the keeper makes a really nice save uh and they all celebrate and they go back and var it and his he was just like i don't know half an inch off the line oh my god um
0: so what's the rule here is it the rule here is that one one foot
2: one foot needs to be in contact with the line when the when the just uh, kick is taken. All struck. Yeah, Like Ball actually struck, in
0: contact, yeah. not in the same plane, but above. So you can't be in the air.
2: Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> but you I mean, they're always pushing off, right? It's, the question yeah. is you're pushing off the ground. Where are you pushing off from? Right? right. And You can't take a little hop forward and then push off from in front of the line. And most of these keepers are, are taking one step off the line and the direction that they're going to dive. And then so that back foot that you're pushing off of needs to be on the line. And in this case, his back foot which is just his left foot is off the line by a half an inch, and to me, it's because like, he's like
0: pushing off, so his toes, yep. his heel was exactly on the right. line, exactly but it's pushing right. off. Yep. So, yeah. yep, yep,
2: and it's to me the stupidest shit in the world. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, like that does just doesn't matter. It's not really refereed that way. It's like a lane violation in basketball on a free big free throw at the end of the game or something like that. Like, get the fuck out of here. You don't see that called all the time. It's it's never been that way. No one has ever complained about this and said this is a problem with our game. We need to get these keepers on the line. Like it, it, it the advantage is all to the kick taker. What the fuck? And to, so, to have them go back on this on the last on the you know on the last one where they save it is is ridiculous to me.
0: I'm sure your team is already like swamped the goalkeeper. Yeah. Apparently the coach is already it, down the tunnel yeah, celebrating. Yeah, he ran down the tunnel. So, Reha, somebody has to go get him and be like, hey, they varred that. That's you gotta come back. And called. apparently the law of the
2: game is that you get a yellow card for this. If they, that if is they ridiculous, make the call, which is why yeah, no one ever yeah. makes the call, I'm sure, because that's a ridic- that's also ridiculous, right? Also so, a
0: ridiculous reason to give this particularly.
2: Yeah. Like- so he gives the, a yellow, and this keeper's, I think, already got a yellow for time wasting, but either way, it's his second, and so he's gone. And so now so they obviously have to retake the kick. And you can't you can only sub that keeper with a player who's still eligible, which means a player who was on the field uh when, at the hundred and twentieth minute. So oh, it has non-keeper. to be a field player, obviously, right? And yeah. this dude comes in, I think his name's Schlegel or something like that. And he is just like just the like the Frankie Hayduck of this team. He's like so <laughs> much energy, clearly has never played in goal. You know, it's not like you have a guy who's like, Oh, I used to play in goal, I'll be fine. No, he's never put on the it's gloves. Like- his goalie a ready on a position team who is has like a-, a lot of energy. And you're just like, well, I don't know. If we had to pick somebody, it's him. Yep. And he <laughs> is like doing uh Jersey Dudeck like running all around the line before, and all kinds of like back and forth trying to psych him out. Uh scored on. And so, but all that's kind of like silly or whatever, because the next taker is Nani. And he's the one he made a penalty in the game. He's their best player. All he has to do is score and this is all just a funny thing that happened and he misses, right It's a great save by Sean Johnson, but it gets saved. God. So now you're if, in if
1: MLS couldn't get more MLS
2: yeah, this exactly. so MLS. So of course yeah, it gets saved. And then so it goes into six and seven takers and uh, I think on the seventh taker, the guy Schlegel uh, makes a save. he basically Oh my God, you know he's 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 being like overly I'm staying on this line. And so he looks like it's a video game, like he's shuffling back and forth on the line, like basketball defense (laughs) style, kind of. And like, but he's tied to this line. And his whole deal was like. Just shuffling over to one side of the goal while the kicker is taking it. And if he guesses right, he's going to save it. And that happens basically on the, on the seventh one. I don't think
0: he even dove. He was like head height for he shuffled, him. He and was like, like next to the post on his <laughs> feet and just like blocked <laughs> exactly. it.
2: He's like, he's like three quarters of the way to the post, but that's just like it. But he's still just standing upright. And the ball just like goes head height and he just knocks it away for the win. And well, he's the well, hero. No, yeah, well, it. no, that, that,
3: that's my favorite part of this whole thing is then he gets mobbed. But yeah. They haven't actually won. Oh,
2: yeah, they haven't actually won. Yeah, and then it takes forever to go back, and then they make the next one, and, and then that guy uh takes and his Even shirt the off announcers and were
3: like, they've won, and I it's, <laughs> no. it's kind of sh- like this, the shocking. And I and I get, I get it, it's it's just scenes, and everybody's everybody's really juiced up, but I'm just like, guys, well, come on, how does we know no how one penalty kno- kicks work.
1: Yeah, how does no <laughs> one know? This reminds me of like last year when I think it was Portland playing Seattle, I think it was last year uh they were playing Seattle in the in uh the playoffs and oh yeah <laughs> they had they had to like draw or something and they oh, they yeah. ended up drawing but they no one knew ruined. they yeah. thought they had won so like everyone was on Portland was like celebrating but they were like oh no 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 we You're have to go, go to penalties first. <laughs> yeah. Like
0: No it had to be two years ago because that was Lucas Milano. Yes exactly.
1: So yeah. it's but it's like how do you not know what you have to do to win the game. Like, how are you doing all these? And like the ups and downs of like the celebration. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so funny. This this has to go,
0: this has to go down as one of the most MLS things. That's like just instant classic in terms of ridiculousness. I mean, the only way
2: amount of times that they celebrated to win the game and like two red cards Field player and goal, like it had everything. The coach down the tunnel, yeah. So good, so good, so good. The only way that this could
1: get more MLS is if there's some sort of like gam or TAM that is uh (laughs) tied into this,
0: yeah. I mean, the DP wasn't playing, right? That's part of it, uh. Oh, sorry, I'm thinking of Inter Miami. I don't know if the DPs are playing in this game. Uh, <laughs> amazing. Scored. Amazing. That's MLS. This week, uh this today we've got more uh Portland Timbers, obviously your MLS Cup favorites, uh play this evening. <laughs> obviously. We shall see. Um quick look at the Premier League. Uh Spurs with a 2-0 win over Manchester City. Uh top of the league. They're top of the league. They're top of the league. Uh, Palmer. Just, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> just seeing you on the Zoom call. I've, my yeah. seasonal depression is gone. You're glowing. glowing. amazing.
1: Listen, I, they, I, City dominated possession. Uh, I think I saw some stat that was like uh, the last three times that City have played Spurs. It's like... 60 to seven in shots in favor of Man City, but uh, five to two in goals. Don't you know about tactics? Listen, (laughs) I'm listen. I thought that they, they defended really, really well. This was like a classic Mourinho game. Um, It should have ended one zero for it to be even more Mourinho, but they defended really, really well. And their counter looks absolutely incredible. Like, Spurs on the counterattack is amazing right now.
2: Harry Kane dropping deep is everything.
1: Harry Kane is working his ass off. It's insane how how important he is to that team. Gareth Bale didn't even have to play yesterday. Uh, you know, Sun scoring goals early. Um, that first goal is a great so goal. Nice. Great goal. Uh, you know, LeCelso coming on and then immediately scoring a goal. Um, In the same
0: minute. In the, Jose yeah he's genius, absolute mastermind,
1: assisted by Harry Kane. Harry Kane has like a ton of assists this year. um I yeah, I it's just
2: I mean, that's my fun point, to Harry watch Kane, right now. Harry Kane's assists are all the same. They are all mm-hmm. uh, draw, come deep, draw the center backs with me, play someone fast behind. Usually it's mm-hmm. Son, but in this case he turned and Son was still marked and LaCelsa was unmarked, so he made mm-hmm. the correct pass. But like it's formulaic but very hard to stop Ken yeah it's very I mean, good
1: at it they're 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 playing very very well right now uh i was pretty sure that they were going to give up a goal and make sure make this a 2-2 draw but apparently we've gotten that out of our system with these late goals um it's uh, yeah they're playing well a good team they're playing well they
3: team. are a good team I cannot wait. I cannot wait for Jose to be at Spurs for the next ten years and just start racking up the titles, Champions League cup wins, uh, He's league he dresses titles. Up as
0: Santa at Christmas time. Yep, yep.
3: He's just he, instead of sticking his eyes in people's. Yeah, or, uh fingers in people's <laughs> eyes now he's just like you know shaking shaking little boy's hands and you know just, you just know, tossing
0: just... bonbons into the crowd yep yep oh, god I, uh, it's yeah. just the rebirth i love it oh it's amazing uh everton with a win over mighty fulham this morning
2: oh, this is a classic everton performance right here at least from my perspective i couldn't watch the game today uh family commitments i wake up it's 7-10. and 10. I look, we've already scored. We're up one nil. Great. All right. This is going to be great. By the time I've put my pants on, we're back to 1-1. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is the Everton that I know. I look, again, it's 3-1. I'm like, okay, it's Fulham. We can win this immediately. 3-2. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Like, we, we're we going to give this away. And then we hang on it's because Fulham is really just shit. Like the pen- They missed a penalty uh, where, I mean... They put one forty yards over the goal, um, so like that's how we survived this. Like we survived because this was Fulham, but it's not going great at Everton right now.
3: One of the things that my high school soccer coach often said, and this guy was a real piece of work, uh, but the one thing that I've, I've taken from him that I like is when somebody hits a shot over, especially if it's way over, you just say "good height." <laughs>
2: Yeah, this was a this is a he had a little John Terry fall down moment and uh, put some good height on it, saved efforts in the game.
0: I had a club coach. If you shanked a shot, he'd just say, "Unlucky," <laughs> like, "No, you suck." That's not unlucky. <laughs> but I, st- I I think that in my head all the time. Unlucky, oh. you scrub. <laughs> yep. West Ham with a win today into eighth place. Congratulations to George Sebastian Holler with the goal there. Good stuff, George. Holler back. Arsenal go away to Leeds. This is a true uh mid table clash. Both these teams fighting to finish top half. Um Arsenal in eleventh, Leeds in fourteenth, right in that, that that same pack, you know, as uh Manchester United, Manchester City, kind of that yeah. lower mid table yeah. uh, yep. pack. They're always there.
3: A lot of your classic mid table English clubs.
0: Yep. 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 Uh West Ham sitting just above them with Aston Villa, Everton, Southampton. Uh so the big b- clubs weeks. The big clubs, if you will.
1: Yep. Yeah, this Leeds Arsenal game was actually very entertaining.
0: For yep. a 0-0 yep. draw, very good. It happens every once in a while. Yeah. Probably more often than not with Leeds actually. I yeah,
1: <laughs> I mean, Leeds hit the hit the uh framework like three or four times. So, Arsenal is very lucky to come out of this without uh with with one point, but um it was a good game. Arsenal hasn't haven't scored a goal in like five games or something like that. Oof.
0: Yeah. Is that good? good. Uh, Great for me. I'm happy. I'm happy about that. (laughs) Um, Nicholas Pepe with a red card, a headbutt. Um, Mike, if you're upset, is the headbutt the first thing you go for?
3: (laughs) I never think to headbutt. It just seems so antithesis to a way to show your anger is to put your most valuable part of your body and use it as a weapon. I just... I don't these are
0: professional soccer players. That may not be the most valuable part. Of yeah, I game. was going say
3: Fair, fair, <laughs> fair. Uh, let me rephrase a, a critical part of their, like, uh, their human function their system function, or whatever. Okay.
0: That's better. Yeah.
1: Uh, I, I just don't get it.
0: It I also, mean, I, yeah, it
1: just seems like it would hurt. Yeah. Okay. I, it definitely feels like it would hurt. Yes. Uh, but these guys are paid not to use their hands. um, and so i guess you could say not
0: to headbutt people (laughs) Well,
1: i guess you could say i mean yeah but this is there's they're also not very bright but uh you could say like pushing someone or hitting someone might be your first uh response when you're angry Uh, the headbutt can be kind of done they do it's like a cheeky headbutt This one is definitely a headbutt, but it's a cheeky one. It's like it's more like a it's like a I'm gonna nudge you. I'm gonna kind of like not chest bump you. I'm gonna rather than chest bump you, I'm gonna lead a little bit with my head. Yeah. Uh it is so stupid and and just also so silly. But the way that people react to a headbutt, I think is the headbutt is dumb, but the reaction to the headbutts are so (laughs) stupid. Like you (laughs) are out. Yeah. You are being grazed by someone's forehead uh, and you go down like like you've been punched by Mike Tyson or something. It is. Uh, those that whole the whole interactions are always so, so stupid. What, yes. what do you call it? Where um,
3: is it table topping? where you have a friend go behind? <laughs> yes.
4: Oh, yeah. <laughs> why don't we see
3: more table topping we used to do that all the time in <laughs> soccer practices. I
1: would
3: love too, right? to see right? that.
1: Right? By the way. I mean, more and more people are like laying down behind the wall during, uh, yeah, so you can't go during under. free kicks. Right. So you can't go under it. I think what we need now is just like, <laughs> just uh,
2: tabletop all those guys
1: <laughs> amazing <It'd> every <be> so <laughs> just push the wall <laughs> just,
2: yeah just one guy <laughs> on the other team <laughs> just <laughs> run across the face of the just wall just <laughs> boop, 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 boop. <laughs> that'd be uh, so amazing
3: love it. <laughs> oh, man. more tabletop and uh, less headbutts
2: yeah i agree
0: that's your premier league liverpool currently up on leicester 1-0 um we've got a a real throwback to the origins of the soccer thread special podcast. Special request.
2: Yeah, this is a special, a special request. Special
0: request for a Collins classroom corner. Wow. Uh, take us, take us to school, Colin.
2: All right, so, for those of you who weren't with us for the first fifty episodes, which is probably like one of you at this point, um, <laughs> we used to do. I used to do at Collins classroom corner at the end of the pod, where I would either tell you about some kind of uh, player, or I think for a while we did teams. Uh, That you hadn't heard of before Mike passed in through various sources a special request for me to do one on Kevin lasagna um, (laughs) the wonderfully named uh, striker who plays for Udinese in uh, Italy so Palmer you know you can just get off the pod now because it's going to be all Serie A from here on out yeah Um,
1: I gotta say he's probably a real G though
2: (laughs) he moves in silence um so yeah, so Kevin Lasagna, you should have heard of him before because he made his first start for Italy against the United States um in the 20th of November of I believe 2018. So um yeah, Kevin Lasagna, you've you've probably heard you may have heard of him if you watch that game. Should you just
0: please continue to say his name as much as possible? Lasagna, it Lasagna Lasagna. That's why we're doing him. Let's no, be clear. Wait, it's the Kevin that really gets oh, it's me. it's the Kev?
2: Yeah. Uh, what Kev lasagna. What Italian parents.
0: How many are Kevins
1: like... are there in all of Italy?
2: Let's I, go with it's Kevin. Like
1: four. It's like being named Bill Hamburger.
2: I can also uh, confirm that it is pronounced Kevin, it's not something else Italian. It's just Kevin. Yeah, Kevin, it's Kevin lasagna. Kevin lasagna. Kevin lasagna. It's a car-
0: it- it's like Patty Manis, Kevin Lasagna. Well, <laughs> I'm like cartoon Manis.
3: character. I, I was beautiful. gonna say I was gonna save this for the end of the corner, but um i I did a little bit of research about other food named players. Colin oh, D Mind. Mike's Mike's classroom um, corner. Do you want me to let's, save let's,
2: it? Let's finish with that. That's gonna be good. Cause I, I first I wanna take you to a little more depth about the lasagna. Lasagna has depth. The How many layers? layers. The layers. How many i going to, get, to the gonna get some layers here. So uh, Kevin is from San Benedetto Po, which is a small town. Um, I think it is southeast of Milan, right? And so, you know, I was looking up at San Benedetto Po. What can you tell me about that? Well, what I can tell you about that is the mayor. The mayor's name is Roberto Lasagna. Oh. so. Oh. Not the father of Kevin Lasagna. I can't figure out how they're related, but fuck they me. Be. They're they gotta be related. Yeah.
1: Bobby Bobby Lasagna. Lasagna.
2: <laughs> Bobby Lasagna, definitely somehow related to Kevin. Um Bobby, by the way, an eighty-five year old guy, uh, who uh there's not really a lot about his politics online. I could I was trying to dig up whether he's for us with us or against us. Um hard to tell. He is from a uh his his political party is called Forza Italy, which translates Ooh. to "Come on, Italy." Um, that's that's the bad they, one. Their ideology is liberalism, Europeanism, but they are center right. Eh, I don't really know much about Italian politics. It seems like they're probably not completely against us, but they're I probably. Feel like not if you're an eighty-five-year-old
3: Italian guy, I don't, I don't know if I trust you.
0: <laughs>
2: we definitely don't <laughs> trust the lasagna. You know, we don't trust the lasagna, but. Uh, Sometimes you got to have it anyway. So there you go. Roberto Lasagna, San Benedetto Poe, Super Cav Lasagna. Uh, May he someday come to a league where we get to see him play week in, week out. Only 28 years old, so he can still come to MLS. All right, Mike, give us your best food-related players.
3: All right. So first of all, I want to say we're not doing any any bullshit where it's like, oh, uh, you know, this guy, his name kind of sounds like lasagna, so we're gonna call him lasagna. It's like it's only real food names here, all right? Oh, real food it. names only. For, you, on.
2: for, for the uh, people who can't see, Mike, he just gave the Italian uh, all your Come fingers on, together. McKinney. Yeah, like Weston McKinney does after he right. misses a chance.
3: So, so I've I've rated these players on a combination of their their name and their skill on the field. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm going from worst <laughs> to best. So worst. Samuele, pizza, I mean pizza. It's a classic, classic food. Everyone great loves it. Food. Uh, not a great player. He just mostly puts around in the lower leagues of Italy. Okay, so he's last. Uh, Patrick Berger, but Berger spelled B E R G E R. Very good player. Uh, Bundesliga title, UEFA Cup winner. Played for Liverpool. Played for Dortmund. Some other clubs. But you know, spelled not his name wrong. Yeah, spell the name wrong, yeah. but you pronounce it the right way. So I kind of gave him a pass. I don't rule. know.
1: I don't know if I'm accepting this. Yeah. Because yeah. burger we'll,
3: is not burger. We'll, we'll take really it to cool the committee. That. Okay. But well, then we have Cindy Berger spelled the right way. That's what I'm talking uh, about. Dutch national team player, 57 appearances for the Netherlands. Very strong. Okay. Um I'm not I don't speak French, but I believe this person's name is pronounced Benoit. And then the last name is croissant. Obviously, we Ooh. all love a croissant. I like yes. this guy. Flakiness. Yes. You can put lots of different fillings in it. Uh, very versatile. Uh, Benoit played in League Two and the, Such sec- uh, the Dutch second tier, but then uh, finished up his career in Singapore. Won a couple of league titles over there, so he gets he gets Benoit bumped up, up the list. And what a name! That's so good. Um, by far the best player on this list, Mia Ham. Uh, you know, <laughs> Ham. Call. Ham is not like a, it, you don't hear that name and think like, oh, that's a food name, but obviously it is. Again, two Ham M's is spelled with that. two M's. Yeah, yeah, it's like you get docked a little bit, but, you know, one of the greatest uh, one of the greatest players of really all cool. time. Yeah. Two-time World Cup winner, two-time gold medalist. Uh, you know, very well rated. Uh, two more. Massimo Macarone. I think macaroni's is spelled wrong here. I, I don't think it is. Uh, but again, <laughs> that's just a fun name. Uh, won a League <laughs> Cup right with Middlesbrough. With of huh? Yep, yep. But then by far my winner... This guy rivals Kevin Lasagna. And, Colin, you may know him because uh, he has 200-plus appearances for the Milwaukee Wave in the late 90s and early 2000s. Glenn Carbonara.
4: Yes, I do know Glenn Carbonara. <laughs> yes.
2: Well, I don't know him personally. Kevin probably knows him personally. But I've heard the name, yes.
3: I mean, just incredible. Incredible name. That's, that's all I got. That's oh, so Thank good. Thank you for coming on this journey with me.
2: Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs>
0: oh, that was beautiful.
2: I gotta put on my Milwaukee Wave hat right now. Oh, there <laughs> it is. Incredible.
0: It all ties together. Oh, that's excellent. I, don't, I think that's all we've got. It's a nice long one. We actually talked about some soccer today. That's great. And uh, I we don't have anything pasta. else to say. We talked pasta. Anything else, boys? That's all well, I got. That's Thanks,
1: it. Cliff. Thanks, Cliff. Thanks, Pasta. Right.
0: Thanks, Cliff. Bye.
1: Mike, is your recording still recording?
2: like waiting to start the podcast.
3: <laughs> Sorry, Dan. No, this is good. Dan, I'm not cutting like, this I, off. I have, a, I have this is the best part. enough children to deal with.
0: <laughs> Keep it rolling. No, this is look.
1: Keep it rolling,
0: baby. Uh yeah, all right. It's me just before the recording started. Super producer Cliff Verna Herzog got the Mensch.
1: Yas is the Grizzly Man. Nope, that's not good enough. This man is crazy. He lives with he lives with the Grizzlies, the big. We believe in nothing, Lebowski. Okay, I'm ready to go. I'm warm. There's U-boats that hack into their PA system, and they go, Ow, we are coming for you, Gray, gray Wolf. We are coming for you. You cannot, you cannot run from us. Mama made me mash my M&Ms. Peeking, picking ducks. Peanut cheese and rice burrito. All right. I don't want to see it. I will take I will take you, Dan. I will take all of you. Oh, whatever. It's not a game. It's not a game. But post practice.
2: The onions next. Okay. Are a good team.
0: The coach down the tunnel.
2: It's so good. So he's gone.
3: Little boy's hands. Good height. Human functions.
2: It's not something else. Italian.
0: Addie Manis,
3: Kevin Lasagna. Thank you for coming on this journey with me.